I just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle, you've got to expect it to happen. You're the recipients of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality. Welcome to Life Today Live. We're going to talk about something fun today, something that probably scares a lot of you. That is the topic of artificial intelligence. And no, I'm not referring to Congress. I'm talking about the computer stuff, the, the, the crazy generated stuff, and probably some things you don't know. Being in television, I've seen and heard some things that are AI generated or assisted. Uh, and <laughs> I, I mean, I have my concerns. But I'm not a Luddite on the issue. To help me talk about this, I've got someone who is uh, very smart and into the whole AI thing. In fact, when we started our Zoom meeting, his AI automatically kicked in to record and transcribe the message, which is a great application of AI, so it was kind of funny. Uh, Abdu Murray, uh, he has an organization called Embrace the Truth. He's been on before. Wonderful guy, trained in the law, um, and a really great Speaker, writer, and apologist. I mean, this is, if you're like me, I'm the kind of guy that um, I don't really operate on emotions a whole lot. I mean, I have them, but I'm motivated by understanding things. If I don't understand something, I'm not on board at all. So this is this is my kind of guy. So I hope you enjoy the conversation today. If you, you know somebody like me, hit the share button and let them in on this one. Abdu, welcome to Life Today Live again. Good to see you, man. Oh, it's great to be with you, Randy. Thanks for having me on, and it's always uh, such a pleasure. So here's here's the opening question because we we're just talking offline, um, you know, through email and stuff, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. What are you, what are you talking about? And we got all these things we could talk about. I mean, yeah. and you're like AI. I'm like, really? I'm like, cool. Why why are you interested in AI? Yeah, that's a great question. As he started um, a few years ago. I'm sort of a technophile, like the latest gadget, I need to have the latest gadget. I restrain myself because of financial concerns and I want my wife just to like me. So I uh, refrain from buying the latest and greatest of the gadgets, but I really want to, um, uh, for whatever reason. I'm a big sci-fi fan, I've always been like that. <laughs> okay. um, and uh, what caught my attention though was a comment, not made by AI, but made in reaction to AI a couple of years ago. Um, there was an art contest, um, and I, I dabble a little bit on my iPad with like digital art, just a way to pass the time um, while I'm flying and that kind of thing, and it leaves no mess because you don't have to clean any paints up. Um, but there's a digital art contest. Well, it was an art contest that had a digital art um, category to it, and a guy won. His name was Jason Allen. He won first prize, and the image he created was was quite beautiful. Now, when you do digital art, what you do is you take like a light pen, like this thing here. Um, and you apply it to a, an iPad or a large screen, or there's like a trackpad, and you you paint much like you paint on a canvas. It's just the digital thing helps you to not create a mess. Um, well, he won uh, first prize, and his image was breathtakingly beautiful. Later, they learned that he didn't put a pen or a brush to anything. <laughs> he literally typed in some prompts into a, a AI, uh, a generative AI called Midjourney. And over a series of edits where he just typed things in, it created this image. And it was beautiful and breathtaking, and it won first prize. Well, you can naturally uh, understand that the other contestants were pretty upset about it yeah. and said there was no human element except for him writing some sentences. Uh, that doesn't qualify as art. And after some deliberation, the, uh, the judges panel actually said, no, 
because he had at least some modicum of creativity in writing the sentences that got it to produce that, we want to give him his first prize. Wow. What was fascinating to me was his comment back in, in response to all the criticism. You can see it in the New York Times. He had this statement. He says, this isn't going to stop. It's over. Art is dead. AI won. Humans lost. And he did it boastfully. Like he's saying, look, you need to deal with this. You need to get over it. And I remember thinking to myself as a dabbling artist um, and someone who believes in the exceptionalism of human, human beings, not morally, but ontologically, in other words, in our nature, because we're made in God's image, we're not sophisticated chimps, nor are we just meat computers. What this guy was doing was bragging about the fact that this computer program was actually able to beat other artists, not at chess, not at Go, not at uh, Stratego or Tic-Tac-Toe, um, but at art, a quintessentially human thing. And I thought what was weird was his brag. Like, why are you bragging about human beings being made obsolete artistically by AI? Did you forget that you're not AI, that you're actually a human being? What a weird thing to brag about. And so I started get delving into what AI does, how it does it. Um, is it really creative? Does it have any sense of wisdom? Uh, can it think on its own? Can it mimic human beings? And for a number of reasons, one's apologetics because uh, oftentimes people think um, that uh, you know the, the human mind is just the brain. The brain and the mind are the same thing, and that the brain is a physical thing, and therefore we're just physical. There's no soul. There's only the assimilation of a soul. Um, but really it's just neurons and neurotransmitters firing in reaction to external stimuli. Um, and along comes AI, and we say, look, we don't need God to create a brain. We did one. We created something that computes faster than us. It can create art better than us. So what do we need God for? Um, which um, has two paradoxes to it. And this is ultimately why I'm fascinated by this. It's not just because I like technology stuff, but I'm fascinated by the cultural impact this will have. Because if the, if the naturalists can use AI to argue we don't need God to create the human mind and conscience and uh, morality, because we just created a machine that simulates it, then two things happen. We simultaneously, we, we engage in a paradox. We simultaneously reduce human beings to mere machines or animality. We also elevate human beings to godhood yeah. because that's a Garden of Eden story. We're in a digital Garden of Eden. Um, God created beings, us, in his image and likeness. He didn't create other gods. He created beings lower than God, Psalm 8. Um, uh, because God, it, it literally is logically impossible for God to create another perfect being um, because that perfect being would not be able to, would not need to be created. By perfection, you need nothing. And if you need to be created, well, then you're not perfect. Only God can be perfect. And so he can't go against himself. So he creates us, and we're lower than he is. But we come along and say, oh, well, you've got limitations, God. We don't. We can create something in our image and likeness, but that's actually better than us. And so it's that Adam and Eve thing all over again. They ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because they wanted to be God, not be with God. And so I think we're in an Adam and Eve moment. We're in a digital garden of Eden where we have to ask ourselves, what are we going to do to do to this thing? And so that's why I'm fascinated by what it does to us, what we will do with it. I don't think the problem is in the silicon of the AI. I think it's in the soul of humanity. And we need to explore what this is all about. <laughs> I, like the, I, I like that. I like that. And I agree with you. So let me ask you the question. Was that winning uh, digital art piece, was it art? 
Yeah. So <laughs> from my perspective, and there's been some debate about that. I'm, well, so never wanted to ask uh, easy questions, are you, Randy? Um, <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> no, I, I, and I'm glad, actually. No, I've I, I wrestled with it a bit, and I think um, it has an artistic quality to it in the fact that he wanted to create a certain kind of image and use the sentences and the prompts to get there. But do I think it's art? I don't. And here's a number of reasons why. One is because it took none of the the the, the mind, the the non-material and the material human humanity to create it. Um, art is an expression of human will uh, and human sentiment and human emotion. And so, if I have a picture in my head and I set up a, a scene to mimic that picture so that I can paint it, or I even have something in my head and I don't even need a scene that exists to paint it, like a sci-fi thing. I, I can't paint black holes with a reference because I don't have a black hole right in front of me kind of a thing. Um, there's something about that immaterial mind that translates to the material hand, that translates to the material canvas or even the digital world. Um, and this seems to lack that, um, at least to an appreciable degree. Uh, second thing is what AI does when it creates this image, it doesn't create something entirely new. It's new in this, in one sense, it's a conglomeration of things. But generative AI, and there's an important distinction to be made between artificial intelligence, which has become um, almost a meaningless term. I was talking with a, a Christian who was an AI expert um, over at MIT uh, the other day, and she said, you know, AI, artificial intelligence is such a, a bandied about term, it's almost meaningless now, because it's got a very specific definition. Mm -hmm. um, what, what, what we think of as AI, whether it's chat GPT or the Google version, which is called Bard or whatever it is, Midjourney as well, this image creator, what it does, if you say, write an essay for me on you know, George Washington, it doesn't write an essay for you thinking, okay, I'm going to do some research, give my own opinions and think about George Washington's impact on the American Revolution. No, what it does is it goes out into the world and it takes all the publicly available information that's out there, whether it's um, images um, or writings of various people, millions and millions of people. It cobbles it together, it scrapes little right. tiny bits of all that, right. cobbles it together and creates something. So it doesn't actually generate anything. Um, uh, in the sense that it's actually novel, it borrows from the database it's been fed, which is you and me. Mm -hmm. So it's basically just reflecting you and me, or you and I as a whole, as a collective. And art can do that, but it does it through the individual expression. And AI doesn't do that because AI just cobbles together what it thinks you want to hear or see. Yeah, and, and that's you know, when people get a little uptight about AI. I, here's where I am now, and this is evolving, because we're mm -hmm. still watching this, we're still figuring this out. But kind of where I am right now is, look, it's it's artificial, you know, and and some of the stuff that it's spitting out, your chat GPT and things like that, uh, is kind of advanced level plagiarism, mm -hmm. you know. I mean, and and that may be useful. It may get you a job as the president of Harvard, but it's not. It's it's like. You know, you're gonna get still gonna get garbage in, garbage out. I mean, you know, yeah. and and hope. I think culture will wise up to it pretty quick to go. Okay, well, I mean, yeah, you just have to have some discernment. So, I mean, is that is it naive? No, I well, I think there's two things we have to think about there. And I think you're right. Um, we have to, to come to terms of understanding what it is we're dealing with here. So, uh, here's a classic example. A good friend of mine who's a pastor, a brilliant guy, by the way. Um, he was driving with his daughter somewhere. And his daughter asked him a question about some, some form of history. And he's a history guy. He knows his stuff. And she asked him the question. And he said, well, honey, it's this while they were driving. She says, you know what? 
I'm going to look at Google. I'm going to look it up in Google. What she basically told him was, thanks, I kind of trust you, but I'm going to verify that with the thing I do trust, which is a machine. Mm -hmm. I trust the machine to tell me. Now, Google doesn't know anything. Google just, again, cobbles together what's out there in the universe, in the metaverse, and and puts it back. So I think, one, we overly, we have an overtrust of machines because we think there's no bias, and we think that people aren't really behind these things. Mm -hmm. They're behind these things. Yes. Um, So garbage in, garbage out. There's a bias to all this. The second thing, though, is, um, and there's a, a wonderful uh, author. Um, he, uh, I don't think he's a Christian as far as I can tell, but he's a work psychologist, and it, his name is um, Tomas Chamorro Premusic. So it's quite a, quite a mouthful there. But he does a lot of um, psychology on work and how people use tools and implement tools in their daily lives, and he does a lot on AI. And he has this really cool quote. It's not, a, it's not about a good thing. It's a, it's a great quote about bad stuff. Um, and he says, we appear to have surrendered our humanity to the algorithms, like a digital version of Stockholm syndrome. Our very mm-hmm. identity and existence have been collapsed to the categories machines use to understand and predict our behavior. Now, why he says that is this, is that we're using AI all the time. If you're on YouTube for any appreciable amount of time and you look up two or three videos mm-hmm. and you're a first time user of YouTube, and you've never used it in your life and you've clicked on three things, and you've lingered on them for a certain amount of time, and you've watched certain parts of it, the algorithm is picking up your patterns and your behaviors. Yeah. And it says, oh, uh, she tends to like uh, videos with people who wear orange sweaters. And if they're about cats, they linger for a lot longer. Mm-hmm. So what happens is, is that on the side, the column is, you might like this, mm-hmm. and it starts to populate. And the more you watch YouTube, the better it gets at it. But here's the interesting feedback, and Netflix is the same way. Um, here's the interesting feedback loop. You like certain videos. It says, we want to keep you on our website for as long as humanly possible because we make money that way. So what we're going to do is we're going to send you more videos that are like that, slight variations, but more videos that are like that. Right. And that's how we, that's where we get the, the term, you know, like a, um, the YouTube black hole. We started watching one thing, and before we know it, we're watching 50 things yep. and all this. It, it, it's guiding you down that black hole. So here's what uh, music is saying. When you click, why, yes, YouTube, I would like that. Or why, yes, Netflix, I would love to watch that. What you're telling Netflix is a reinforcement. You were right. I want to watch that. And so it sends you more just like it. And so instead of using your actual your actual motivation, your actual free will, what you're doing is you're taking the, 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 the controller or the mouse and you're going, click, yeah. click, yeah. Like, like a robot. <laughs> and so we become more machine-like. It's not that the machines become more human. That's not the problem. The problem yeah. is the humans become more machine-like because we're relying on yeah. these things a lot more than we ought to. That's uh, that's very interesting. Um, yeah, and it explains why every time I go on YouTube, they want me to watch more John Christ comedy bites, and I do. Yeah, because <laughs> I do there enjoy them. But mm-hmm. it does. It's it, you know, the whole social dilemma, which is a wonderful film. Um, it 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 narrows you. But on the trust thing, I want to go back to that because this this is a big deal. You know, in the early days of the internet, you know, there you did believe, you know, what you found, right? Ooh. And then the joke it kind of becomes, uh, yeah, I read it on the internet, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. it must be true, right? Because we right. kind of all got it, like, okay, there's there's tons of garbage out there. You can find anything you want to look for out there, any whack-a-mole theory, any mm-hmm. whack-a-doodle theory, any. Just, just it's all out there. It's just, it's just yeah. a, a barren wasteland. Yeah. yeah. With AI, I have a friend of mine here um, 
is like you. He he wants to he, he loves the tech. Mm-hmm. Because I'm on the air, there's plenty of my voice out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he put together this fake book uh, and, and did a radio promo for this fake book by me where I was just, I mean, re- boasting about this ridiculous book in over-the-top ways. Hilarious, right? I mean, he did it for some other people around here with various things. and yeah. we've, We're all laughing, right? Because <laughs> the first time I played that book promo for my wife, she goes, why are you saying that? Like, you mm-hmm. buffoon, right? Because mm-hmm. I would be to say that. But it fooled my wife. It sounded so much like me that she thought it was me. Yeah. Well, funny when it's ha ha, we know this is a joke, but we are to the point where audio's there and the video is there at a high level with the deep fake kind of stuff. The, obviously, the yep. pictures are there. Um, how close are we to not being able to believe anything we see or hear? Yeah, that, that's such a fascinating um, question because I'm actually in the middle of a, pro- a project. Um, uh, based on a, uh, called reality collapse. And it's based mm-hmm. on the idea, um, and that, that phrase was actually uh, made known to me by uh, Tristan Harris and Aza Raskin, who are uh, AI researchers. And deep fakes and these kind of things help to cause a reality collapse. And we're already in the middle of that, by the way. This, yeah. uh, uh, AI is a booster rocket for it. Yeah. I'll give you a quick anecdote. Um, someone was telling me a story about a woman whose daughter came home from school, about eight years old. She came home from school and she was crying. And the reason she was crying is that the teacher gave her a talking to. Now, she didn't like scold her. What happened was is that the little girl had been playing with a boy, um, and uh, her whole for her whole you know short life so far, she had been playing with this one boy, and I'll I'll call him Billy. Uh, but Billy is now Bailey, and <laughs> Bailey is no longer a boy. Bailey's a girl. <laughs> What ended up happening with the girl was she kept on calling him Billy, and the teacher took him a, took her aside and says, "Honey, you can't call her Billy anymore. Billy is Bailey. Billy is a girl. You keep saying he, and it's a she." And the little girl's like, "But no, I I know Billy. I know no no, and all that." And so the girl came home crying, not because she was yelled at. She wasn't put in her place. That's not what happened. The teacher was nice about it. The girl came home crying because she said she said in eight year old speak she said. I can't trust my own eyes. Yeah. Um, and that causes an anxiety in young people whose developing idea of object permanence is at a critical stage, and yet you're going to challenge it now with uh, shifting culture issues or, or shifting definitions of what it means to be male or female. Right. Couple that now with deep fakes, mm-hmm. and you're going to have, um, I mean, right now, you can go mm-hmm. on this, this device right here. I can go on Instagram and chat right now with a very real-looking Tom Hanks, Kim Kardashian, basketball really? players, and they'll give me like like fashion advice, and it <laughs> looks like them. It sounds like them. Um, filters are that way too. Uh, We're not too far off from where we can't really trust what we see anymore. And the question is going to be, what will this do to us, and what will be uh, manipulable? Um, Tristan Harris and Aza Ruskin were talking about deep fakes when it comes to audio, and the way ne'er do wells can actually use this. Yeah. Um, one of them was, you get a phone call from your teenage son yeah. and he's telling you uh uh i'm in a situation i i need um i can't remember my, my, my social security number i need to do this to register for classes yeah and you give it to him yeah you didn't give it to your son yeah. you gave it to a deep fake yep 
Because all it takes now, there's certain programs, it takes three seconds of sampling your voice before it can actually change yeah. and make, make it. So the question now is, is that how do you know you're talking to the real person? Is you have to call that person, say, I'll call you back. And then you call their actual cell phone. Mm -hmm. And that's how you do it. Or you do a FaceTime or something. Yeah. But maybe that'll get hacked as well. Who knows? I'm not trying to scare everybody. What I'm saying is, is that we have to start being, AI is here to stay. It's not going anywhere. It's just going to get stronger and more integrated into everything we do. And for some applications, that's fantastic. Right. The ability to diagnose people with ASD, uh, autism spectrum disorder, and to be able to treat it through AI, there's going to be amazingly wonderful things that come from this. Amazing. Yep. But there come dangers. And I think the danger is not again, in the silicon, it's in the soul, it's us. What It's not what it will do to us, it's that what will we let it do to ourselves? Yeah, I, I, I think you're exactly right. I mean, we're using it right now. We have, we shot uh, some things overseas in the mission field, brought it back, the audio was really rough. And mm -hmm. the, the same guy on our team ran it through an AI program, it comes out sounding great. You're like, oh, so, so I mean, there, there's gonna be a lot of good, and I think people need yeah. to know that. Mm -hmm. I think they also need to know how do you combat the negative? And I think what you, you, to your point, by the way, which that's already happening. Except, well, I don't know about the social security thing, but the hey, I, I'm in, I'm in jail. I need money yeah. to get out right now. I'll explain later. Just why, send this to this whatever account. You know, mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. going on. Those, mm -hmm. That's happening. And so oh, yeah. we need to be wise. Uh, obviously, would be one thing. Um, I don't know. I think the answer overall. Uh, is a healthy skepticism and godly discernment. I mean, am I, yeah. is, is that enough? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think that, the, the, well, let me add one additional thing to it okay. uh, because it, it's how do we get godly discernment? Um, I, I think people are making, you know, jokes about, well, I read it on the internet, ha ha ha, so it must be true. But I got to tell you, people say that, but I don't think they always mean I don't trust it. Um, I was at a conference mm -hmm. um, recently on Christianity and public life, and one of the hosts actually. Uh, said, um, uh, I looked at, Ch I asked ChatGPT, what is Christianity's relationship with the coming emergence of AI? And he went on to talk about what it said. And, um, you know, it's, it's, there's a weird trust factor that goes on here, especially in people younger yeah. than 20. Um, not because they're naive, because they've grown up around technology. They don't remember a time when technology wasn't everywhere. So they trust it because it's ubiquitous. We don't necessarily, because we remember the times when, you know, the phone got a bunch of stuff wrong or the GPSs used to be so bad that it got you to the wrong right. uh, destination. <laughs> right. They don't know a time like that. Uh, so we have to, so that, that, that discernment has to come in with, I think, a healthy biblical worldview. And that worldview has to be based on what does it mean to be human? What does it mean to be created in God's image? Mm. Um, and uh, no matter what the, the machines get you to think is the easy way, I think if we teach our young people that, yes, there are efficiencies we need to, we, we, that we can benefit from from AI, there is a benefit from doing things the hard way sometimes. Um, there's a, a learning process. There's a socialization that happens. And so if we get them to enjoy the non-AI world, I think they'll responsibly use the AI world in conjunction with the two. And that's the real goal. How yeah. do you do both? And yeah. that goes back to that disturbance you were talking about. It, 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 well, and that tends to be the case with technology in general. You know, mm -hmm. you, you yeah. look back through the last hundred years and, and see how we've we've had initially a lot of problems, some, you know, 
like when the internet came online, I was working in the early days of the internet and it was like 50% porn, you know? And so we were doing internet filtering for schools and libraries and homes. Mm-hmm. Well now, you know, I mean, it's, there's far better good stuff than, than bad stuff. I would say just because the volume comes online, but anytime technology, you know, we get excited, we jump into it and then we get burned by it. Like you say, and mm-hmm. I think, you know, that dependency you talked about earlier on, uh, that tendency to, to go, okay, Dad, I'm going to check it with Google. Um, that process of weaning off of that level of trust in technology, ultimately a good thing. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. I, I guess, you know, because <laughs> you're in the spectrum. You get those who are just like, you know, way too much trust and then you get those that are like oh it's the mark of the beast <laughs> you know or whatever yeah yeah somewhere in between is the truth yeah mm-hmm. oh absolutely I, I think this is this is exactly um where we get wisdom from from the bible is we need to recognize that ai has the t- potential to make us think less of ourselves but it also has the potential to make us think more of ourselves and the bible in psalm 8 has the exact remedy for it what is mankind that you are mindful Oh Lord, or or the Son of Man that you care for him. You made him a little lower than the heavenly beings. You crowned him with honor and all these things. So um, uh, the Bible has this wonderfully balanced remedy for that. Um, And I think that if we develop a a biblical worldview about um, the use of equipment and technology, and and the Bible's actually got instances of these kind of things, as you know, and even the Bible says some some trust in chariots and, and, and bows and archery and all this kind of stuff, but we trust in the Lord. Um, where do you put your trust mm. ultimately? And I think that we have to have healthy fasts from technology mm. um, as well. Uh, so, um, look, the, the, we, what we, we, what we need is more Christians with a, a strong Christian ethic and a background in the tech world. That's what we need. We need them developing this stuff, not with just the can we do it, but the should we do it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I think that's going to help guide us because back to the whole prayer and interests thing, right now what you're going to have is a a surge in um, AI intimacy where you have these fake – you can do it right now. You yeah. can go on, on the App Store right now and get a fake girlfriend right yeah. now. Oh, yeah. Um, it's, it's big in, in Japan, I think, is where they mm-hmm. like literally date for years with – yeah, Avatar. and so what you end up having is with an ad with with the availability of uh, this kind of thing, um, in isolation in rooms where you're just talking to a screen all day, you're going to have less dating, you're going to have less, less interaction, you're going to have less marriage, you're going to have less understanding of other people, you're going to have these simulacra of AI, and we won't know how to deal with each other anymore. Um, we'll 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 so that sense of community. Uh, church is a great embodiment of that. Yes. Church is a wonderful embodiment of what it means to come together. Yeah. Now we're using AI technologies and other technologies to have virtual church because of you know COVID started the well it didn't start it but it man it ramped it right, up right. right. Um, uh, so we we feel like we went to church because we saw a sermon online and I'm not against that. I've done it right. especially when I can't go or right. I can't make it because I'm either traveling or something's come up or something's happened. But there's another thing altogether about the gathering together of the saints. We need to keep the human element in and keep us in each other in check. That's what we really need. And if we lose that, um, and we, if we cede it to the machines, then we'll just we'll, we'll look just like them. <laughs> oh boy, I got all sorts of sci-fi movies going through my head right now. I do yeah. think though that your your point about the foundation is the is really really critical because I mean you know you you can build 
you know, a 20 story building, but if it's, if it's doesn't have a foundation, that, that sucker's coming down and it's bringing lots of people with it. But mm-hmm. if you have a solid foundation, that 20 story building is, is good, you know? Yeah. And I, I yeah. really think that's the difference. And I think we're going to witness cases of that. Uh, you probably, there's probably some out there that I just don't know about, but if not, yeah. we'll see them soon. And, yeah. and so anybody out there watching, you watch this whole AI thing, you're going to see some good things that benefit people. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, I mean, I'm talking to someone right now. I don't know how much I should say. Let's just say that he is working on an AI solution that will enable uh, the, the, the gospel in some really amazing ways uh, mm-hmm. and, and getting it to people, getting it to it in, in their language, in their dialect. There's, some, there's a lot of really cool things right on the cusp here. Yeah. And you're going to see those. But then you're going to see that person you know who got duped by the phone call. Or you're going to see a politician yeah. where instead of just talking about a video they have with a prostitute, they actually sh- perf- you know, show a video, not like literally show it, but they have a video, but is it real? You're right. just not going to know. So yeah. it, that foundation is the only thing that's going to, it's going to save us. Um, yeah, it really is. It really is. And we get, we get lessons from this in, in, in the scriptures, even at the revelation is that someone will say there he is and there he is. But if you know the real thing, you won't have to like believe what other people say. You'll know Christ when you see him. Well, there's a, because of intimacy, that's how you know. Yeah. Luke chapter 24, Cleopas and the other disciple are walking on the road to Emmaus, and they don't really see who mm-hmm. Jesus is until yeah. he does something. He breaks that bread the way he's always done it. And suddenly they're like, oh my goodness, that's him. Yeah. Because they, they had that intimacy of familiarity with who Jesus was, and they saw him over and over again. And so you can get fooled by a computer-generated voice because you're already getting digitized versions of people's voices on these machines anyway. Mm-hmm. So I call, and my wife's not hearing my actual voice. She's, he's hearing the interpretation of my voice through the digitization. But she knows how I talk. She yeah. knows who, what I would say. Yeah. She knows what I would ask about and you know, because she knows me. And if we divorce ourselves from that foundation of intimacy with each other because of our intimacy with God, then we're going to lose something. But we don't have to. It's easy to get to, to gather together. It's easy to do that stuff and really be get that get that discerning capability because yeah. it's built into us. Yeah. And, you know, my parents my parents got one of those phone calls uh, from my nephew uh, mm. saying, you know, Papa, I'm in I'm in trouble. I need money. And he said he was in a local jail, but my dad knew. No, he's out of town. Mm. I know where he's at because there's relationship there. So, yeah. yeah. Isn't that something? Isn't that wild? Wow. Yeah, that's wild. That and, is crazy. And then I was like, Dad, don't believe anything else because what if he wasn't out of town? You wouldn't have known. <laughs> so <Yeah>. we had <laughs> that conversation too. Yeah. All right. Well, Abdu, this is great. Um, what I'll show people your website. This is oh, this is embracethetruth.org. Uh, and you said you're working on some AI stuff. What are you working on? Yeah, so I'm working, I got a couple of presentations, one coming up with the Colson Center. We'll, we'll be doing a webinar on artificial intelligence and the image of God and, and that kind of thing. But I'm really working on a, on, on a, on a pitch for a new book. Oh, yeah, um, okay, that's what I was where, where, we, where we look at AI, the post-truth culture, and um, gender identity issues and, and all that stuff and how it's coming together. Oh, well, that'll be fun. You can, uh, yeah, I you can't can, wait. Yeah, so we'll, come, we'll circle back. We'll have this again when you've, when you've written the book and we've got a few other things to talk about. Sounds great. Love it. Appreciate you being here, man. I appreciate all you guys out there watching. This is a fun one. 
Uh, don't rely on, on YouTube to put this in the recommended videos or Facebook, wherever you're watching. Go ahead and share it. Take the place of that artificial intelligence. Don't rely on the algorithm. Be the person, the proactive person. Hit that share button. If you haven't liked, follow, or subscribe, do that too. And we will see you again next time here on Life Today Live. You're the fruit. You're the fruit. You're the fruit. Exports. <laughs>